devotion tonight. Uh, Sister Susan Tidbull is going to come forward and, and bring forth the word. Would you please welcome her? Praise the Lord. Uh, I have to start out by, uh, I want to tell you this, that yesterday about 4.30, I get a text from Randy that says, this is your reminder, you're up tonight. My response back to him, what? It's not on my calendar. <laughs> he said, do you think you can, I said, but if you want me to do it, I'll see if I can get something together for you. And uh, the Lord kind of checked me because I'm trying to get out of that box that I feel like to have two weeks or a month to get ready to give a message. I want to give a word of the Lord. But through that, the message, I was sitting at my computer desk and I was like this. <laughs> and in my mind, I was going, what have I done? What have I done? What am I going to speak on? The Lord checked my spirit and he said, focus. And so I immediately shut up in what I was speaking in my mind and in my head. And he said, I want you to worship me. I said, okay. I said, Lord, that's what I do. So I turned on some music. And as I worshiped him, the distraction that I had, I was focused on worship rather than the distraction that I had about what I was going to do or, you know, what was I going to do? And in that moment, the Lord spoke to me and I began to type. Lord has given me a word. Oh, it's been many months ago. I had not done anything with it. I plan to use it at some time. And I'm going to talk tonight about the peace of God. Because I think it's a timely message for today. I think it's a timely message for our church. I think it's a timely message for the people of the church, your families, your friends, whoever it may be. So that's what I'm going to speak on tonight. And just bear with me. Um, because this is the first time I've done this. But I'm relying on God's grace and anointing. And I have peace in my heart about this. So I just, I just pray his blessing on this message. And I pray that through this word that he will minister to you, to your heart. That he would give you peace if you're in situations where you don't have that peace of mind. So if there's one thing that our lives, in our lives, that we're crying out for right now. And that is peace. There seems to be so much unrest everywhere you look, even in the church. And what we have held as foundations seems to be shaking. We are bombarded daily in our minds from worry about what we're seeing happen in our world. Gas prices going up. Food prices going up. Our jobs. Our health. We're worried about our ch the children and a constant bombardment of worry and heaviness, distraction. 
However, in the midst of this, we're told that peace should be ruling in our hearts no matter what situation that we're going through in our lives. And in Colossians 3.15, it says, and it tells us, let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts. Since as members of one body, you are called to peace. We are called to peace. We should let the peace of Christ control our thoughts and control our emotions And I'm reminded of a familiar course um, I've sung all my life that I know of. And it's a song that says, peace, peace, wonderful peace coming down from the Father above. Sweep over my spirit forever, I pray, in fathomless billows of love. So what is the definition of peace? The dictionary says it is freedom from disturbance and it is tranquility. And as I'm thinking about this course, the word fathomless stood out to me. What in the world does this word mean? I've sung it all my life, but I had no idea, number one, what it meant. And number two, I've sung it wrong all my life. For 50 years, I have sang the wrong word to this song. Instead of saying fathomless, I was singing fathomous, which is not a word. (laughs) This is what I discovered. (laughs) So let me tell you what fathomless, fathomless means to tell you why it's in this course and why it deals with peace. Fathomless means unable to be measured or understood extremely deep. That's what fathomless means. And as for his peace, many times we don't understand the peace of God like we should, and we're definitely not able to measure it or understand it. We do not completely understand the measure of God's peace, and he wants to give it to us. It's a gift that he wants us to have in our daily lives. And we don't understand how deep it reaches to us, especially in stressful and crisis situations. You had any of those? So what does it mean to have the peace of God and how can we find it in the middle of our chaos? We often make the assumption that peace is the absence of chaos and that is not true. Peace is the presence of calm In the midst of chaos. And this type of peace gossip God is offering to us. And it would bring no greater pleasure though for the enemy to rob you of your peace. And keep you in a state of distraction and hopelessness. That is his plans. He wants to destroy you. And this is a good way that he can do it. Through situations that distract us. Crisis that distract us from him. So in different places in scripture, it mentions this peace that only God can give. There are three different characteristics of peace. And I, these are what I mainly want to focus on tonight and talk to you about. Number one, I call them the three D's. Number one, God's peace is different. In John 14, 227, peace I live, 
leave and give to you, I do not give to you as the world gives. Do not let your hearts be troubled and do not be afraid. That's what his word says. God's peace is not of this world. This world cannot do nothing for you. And if you think you have peace in the world, it is not going to last. Only the peace of God, the true peace of God, is powerful and will stand the test of time in our lives and in our situations. So how is peace possible if everything is falling apart around you and looks desperate, he will have peace through our relationship with him. We have peace through our relationship with him. And we must remember the saving power of his death and his resurrection. And by faith, this makes it possible for us to have peace In any circumstance. Romans 5 and 1 says. We are justified by faith. And we have peace with God. Through our Lord Jesus Christ. His Holy Spirit. Is intended to help us. To learn to abide. In the peace of God. John 4 and 27 says. Jesus told his disciples. Peace I leave with you. Surrounding to his will, surrendering to his will and word brings inner rest, inner peace as we allow the peace of God to rule in our hearts. It has to rule our hearts for us. He has to rule our heart for us to have peace. So what does this mean? It means that God will be over the decisions that we would have trouble with it means God is over the doubts that disturbs us and God overthrows the enemy's lies that would defeat and deter us perfect peace is available when the heart and the mind keep focused on God's promises the word We have to focus on the promises of God. We have to know who he is through the word of God. If you're not reading the word, then you are going to struggle and you are going to fall. Because we have to have his word in us. And we have to be speaking his word out. When you can walk through a storm not fearful or it overtaking you, then you are experiencing What it means to have the peace of God. The second D. God's peace is a defense. Philippians 4 and 7 says. And the peace of God which transcends all understanding. Will guard your hearts and your minds in Jesus Christ. I don't know about you. But it seems strange to me to put the word peace. And the word defense together in the same sentence. So God stands watch over our hearts in the same way a military guard stands watch and will come against invaders like anxiety, worry, or fear to keep them out so that we can remain calm and focused in the midst of our situation. The third D is God's peace dwells. 2 Thessalonians 3.16 says, Now may the Lord of 
of peace himself give you the peace at all times and in every way. If there's something to get your attention about it, what it means to have the peace of God, it is simply this. The peace of God should dwell with and in you at all times. In Galatians 5, Paul mentions that one of the fruit of the Spirit is peace. He is our Prince of Peace. Since God's Spirit lives in you, then His peace should dwell in you as well. His peace is designed to linger with you and it is designed to be your refuge. The beautiful thing about the peace of God is that it flows from within your heart. Luke 6 and 45 says, For the mouth speaks what the heart is full of. And you may ask me, why in the world did you quote that scripture for? Here's why. Jesus was saying that what comes out of your mouth is a reflection of what is in your heart. This means if you see anxiety, worry, and fear flowing from your mouth, then that is what is ruling your heart and it is not peace. On the other side, if peace comes out, then the peace, then peace is ruling your heart. And if the peace of God is ruling your heart, it will be seen by what you say and by what you do. And God's peace not only affects how you look and feel about a situation, it impacts how you react to it. Peace. I don't know about you, but this Bible reading, reading the Bible through, has been very hard on me. (laughs) And I didn't expect it from the Old Testament. And it seems like everywhere I have went in the Old Testament and have read, I've got a spiritual spanking from the Lord. Anybody had any of those besides me? (laughs) Things he's brought to attention, some things I need to change, some things I need to do, some things I need to seek after. And I'm thinking, Lord, I don't know how much more I can take of this. So I thought we were coming at that time to the book of Solomon and Proverbs. I said, oh, good. This will be uplifting to me. This will, you know, I'll get out of that stuff and can get into a time of peace in the word. And while I was reading, it was talking about the lips and about speaking. And I audibly heard the Lord say to me, Susan, shut your mouth. I'm like, God, I'm a quiet person. I don't bother anybody. Why are you saying this to me? And he told me, because you are not trusting in me. Your words, your reactions, your actions are going round and round. You have pressure, you have stress. And if any time in in my life this past year has been nothing but stress, just kind of pulling down on me. And it's about, a lot of things have been doing that. It's not just one thing. He says, you are not trusting me. You're not trusting me with your actions. You're not trusting me with your mouth. So shut up. I want to fight this battle for you. 
So what did I do? I shut up. (laughs) And the peace of God came in into that situation. So how do you get the peace of God? Even though there's promises of God's peace and even though we have the Holy Spirit living in our hearts, there are still some times that we don't have peace. So how do you get to the place where peace, the peace of God reigns in our hearts? And there's only one answer to this question, and that is prayer. And many times when you don't experience peace, it's because you don't tend to focus on everything. You tend to focus on everything else that's going on, and you forget who God is, who is the God that you serve. We forget about God's sovereignty. We forget about God's authority. We forget about God's power. We forget who we serve. We forget who is really in control. And when this happens, I want to tell you, your peace will most certainly disappear. And that is why prayer is so important. In Philippians 4 and 7, before peace can set in and can guard our heart, God gives us a responsibility. He says, do not be anxious about anything. That's hard to do, to not be anxious about anything. But in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your request to the Lord. So this is how you get to the place of peace. When your situation leads you to anxiety, that same situation should lead you to prayer. Whatever your source of anxiety or worry is, place that situation in God's hands and surrender it to him to fight your battle. This means you will trust him to bring you through it and to bring resolution to whatever it is that's weighing you down. And when you get to the place that his peace takes residence in our heart, in other words, God's peace, when you make it an exchange with him, it is simply saying, God, I am giving you my anxieties and I am giving you my worry. I release my control. I release my hands off of it. And what is one of the hardest things for us in the flesh to do is to give total control over. But that is what he's asking us to do. So when you make this exchange to give God whatever's going on in your life that you need help with, God says, I will give you my peace and this will guard your heart through this situation. So by removing worry Crowding your heart and giving it to God, we make room for his peace to fill that place in our hearts. When you really think about the peace of God, it is an absolutely wonderful gift that God has given to us. And if we allow it, the peace of God will transcend everything that comes our way in this life. Regardless of what is happening around you, it will not move you, it will not shake you, because you have the peace of God. Others around you may not understand it, but they may not know what it means to have the peace of God ruling in your life. 
I don't know what you're facing today, but if you will make that exchange in prayer, turning things over to him, giving him control of them, God will most certainly give you his peace. It is his promise to you. It is his gift to you. He does not want you living in stress. He does not want you to be living burdened down, to be weighted down. He wants you to have his peace. So before we pray tonight, I want to share a short video with you. And I just came, it's amazing to me how God puts things together because I didn't even know I was going to speak tonight. But I watched this testimony and it was such a blessing to me and it opened my eyes The couple on this video is from uh, Harvest Christian Center in Park Hills. And I found their testimony online, and God impressed me to save it, so I did. Their testimony is of healing. But most important, but just as important, it is a message of peace and hope in situations where they were bombarded by illness in their body and heaviness of minds. And when I think of that too, Roxanne Carson always comes to my mind. She's my hero. Everything that woman has went through, she has smiled through it. She has given praise to God despite of it. And you would never tell it on her countenance. That is the true peace of God when you're going through crisis situations. So Steve, if you would go ahead and start that video, please. My name's Johnny Wilson. This is my wife, Rhonda Wilson. Hello. <laughs> we um, met, met each other back in, what was it? July 14th, of 2016. Yeah. I went in for a haircut and she was the one that cut my hair and then, and, um, time went on um, the Lord just orchestrated orchestrated our lives together and, and how so many miraculous signs and, and just sheer wonders that God confirmed it and oh this is this is the helpmate that I've given you for life and and uh, we got married March 22nd of 2021 and from May 6th Throughout the whole entire summer of 2021, it was it was just one attack right after another, um, dealing with gout, torn ligaments in my foot, parasitic infection Par- from a salad from <laughs> the store. Yeah, and, and those all lasted about two and a half, three weeks apiece, and then uh, that was just you. That was just me, and now uh, Rhonda had three separate times came down with shingles. After the shingles, uh, was working out in the garden and uh, she got bit by a copperhead on the top of her foot. Uh, and after that happened, she come down with COVID. Later to the date, exactly yeah. a week later. It was a challenge. Um, I kept going back to the, the uh, you know the pharmacy to get rechecked and it kept coming back positive and um, they couldn't figure out why and it lasted for seven weeks uh, we were supposed to go on vacation um, with uh, John's mom and dad the uh, the middle of 
September and we weren't able to make it because they still had positive results. And um, what happened then was the pharmacy guy said, you need to get into your doctor because you, there's something that's not right. You shouldn't, you should be over this. You know, I don't have any, at the time, didn't have any existing health concerns that I knew about. I went to my doctor and of course they did, you know, all kinds of blood work. And, you know, when your doctor personally calls you, not her assistant or anything, and you're on your way home and she's already calling you and says, you need to come in and she won't really tell you over the phone, that's never a good positive sign. And that was um, uh, September 12th, I believe. And I went back and she said, you know, your, your blood levels, I mean, platelet count was just at a critical low, extremely anemic. Um, she sent me that day for a blood transfusion and a platelet and plasma transfusion. Went home and then, what, three days, four days later, she said, you need to come back in. And um, I could just tell in her voice that, okay. So I went and she said, we want to do all these scans. We want to do a PET scan. We want to do a CAT scan, MRI, but it is, it's something because my white and my red blood cell counts were just almost just totally at a zero. So um, scheduled more tests and got another phone call and was told you have a golf ball sized um, mass on your pancreas and all of the blood work and whatnot pointed to stage three non-Hodgkin's lymphoma. Nothing ever prepares you for whenever your wife comes in and says, I've got stage three cancer. The doctor told her at best we'd give you a 63% chance survival rating if we hit it with the strongest strongest radiation, strongest chemo we can, but we have got to start it ASAP, basically. And when the next day, me and another preacher friend of mine, we prayed, and he told one thing he told me, he said, just remember your faith is in Christ, not in the healing, but keep your faith in Christ. I just, I knew, God, I don't know how you're going to do it, but I know everything's going to be all right. And that Monday, when Monday come around, um, Rhonda looked at me and she said, you know, she said, well, there's three different services that are coming up that that Aaron and Amanda Crabb are going to be involved. And they were coming here to Harvest for their Together conference at the end of October. Um, we were already slated to go go down a couple weeks prior to, and there was another uh another service and I forget now where it was at right off the top of my head in November we were we were going to and she said that I just I feel like God's let me know we've he's gonna heal me in one of those three services and October 3rd rolls around we're in Hendersonville Tennessee we walked into that church 
And I mean, the anointing was so thick in that place. I mean, you just... Rhonda come back to me after Sunday school was over and she told me, she said, I don't know how, but I know God is healing me today. She said, I know God is going to heal me today. I don't know how, I don't know when, but he is going to heal leave. me. I wasn't yeah. leaving until it was done. I mean, I, I just had, I knew, I knew, yeah. just knew. Uh, Crystal, who is Aaron's sister, and she's the only crab that doesn't sing. Uh, those of you that know the Crab family, she's, she's a wonderful person. Um, but she walked up to Rhonda during praise and worship, came in after service had even started. Walked up to her and she said, God sent me up here to tell you that every tear that you have cried has been that sickness and that disease leaving and the doctors aren't going to find a thing. Rhonda went up to the front and she said, I'm just, I know it's going to happen today. And she just, she went up to the front of the church and Amanda walks over, laid her hands on her and began to pray in the Holy Ghost. And there was such an authority that, that came out of her. And then the one thing that Amanda said, she said, come on, it is finished. Rhonda said right afterwards, she said, I felt that. I felt it leave. I felt it leave my body. And it just, I just felt like just this warm water being washed over my entire body. And I felt so clean afterwards. And up until then, I still was dealing with COVID. Just had lost the taste, the smell, and it was immediately back. Everything, I mean, just... It was gone. It was gone. The cancer was gone, the tumor was gone, sense of smell back. Appetite came back, energy came back, and I've said it many times, she's literally been running like a freight train ever since October 3rd. But um, we come back home and... I was scheduled to start chemo and radiation and have a biopsy done on the 25th of October. It was a Monday, I believe. And I walked in and I said, we're not doing this. I want a rescan of everything. I want all the same lab work done, every single scan. I know I'm gonna fight my insurance company on this and that's fine, but you're not gonna zap me with the hardest form of chemo and radiation and dissect me because you're not gonna find anything. And this right here is the doctor's rescan. Diagnosis, rescan, pancreas shows no significant abnormalities. Pancreas shows no sign of inflammation, scarring, or trauma. To everyone watching this, I'm going to tell you something. If I had never seen God do another miracle like this again, He's still a healer. That's right. He is still a healer. He is still God. He is still God. Let me tell you, these people were struck as many of our people have been stricken by this disease of cancer. And they could have just stayed in their pity. They could have just said the enemy wanted, maybe wanted to distract them to keep them from moving forward and, to, and be in despair all their life and through what she went through. But they chose to live in peace. They chose to believe in Christ. And they chose to believe in a God that heals, a God that restores, and a God 
who lives and breathes inside of them. She decided to trust God. So they prayed. They stood on the word. They released their control. They released their, in their situation, they released everything to God in prayer. And then they stood on his word and the God that they served and they fully trusted them and he fought the battle for them. A battle they were not going to be able to win on their own. And I want to tell you tonight that is whatever's keeping you from having peace, God wants to shower you with his perfect peace. God is hope, God is comfort, and an ever-present help in time of trouble. So let me tell you, Cindy Cochran, wherever you are, you are in here. God will be your peace during your time of loss. The girls from Christway, I call you girls, women from Christway, God will give you peace in your times of loneliness, in fear, and in struggle. Pastor Miller, he is your peace over Juliet. He is fighting with you and for you and the battle for her healing. And I believe that by her stripes, his stripes, that he, she is healed. Now, maybe, maybe not, she will be healed. I claim that healing. Lynn Kinsey, I believe over Misty tonight. Have the peace of God in your heart. And I believe no matter what we see, no matter what we feel, to speak Jesus, to speak his promises, to speak his peace, and she will be healed. That's what I believe tonight. Finally, in John 3, 16, 33, gives us assurance that we have peace with him and to ex whether to expect trouble in this world, but take heart because he has overcome the world. And let me read this to you in the amplified version of the Bible. I have told you these things that in me you may have peace and confidence. In the world... You will have tribulation, you will have trials, you will have distress, you will have frustration, but be of good cheer. That means that in your situation, smile, give God praise where people can't even tell there's anything going on, but be of good cheer, which means to take courage, be confident, and to be certain, for I have overcome the world. Meaning, I have deprived it of power to harm you, and I have already conquered it by the cross for you. He's already done the work. Now, all we got to do is let him work instead of us trying to work it out and not trust, but to believe in him, to have faith in him. So... What I want to do tonight before we pray, if, if I could have everybody just to come up to the front as a body for a few minutes, um, just start this way.